what is up guys it is the blue bloods here and man this guy to my side needs no introduction man we got the one and only antoine owens first team swag all american was top three in the swag and tackles for loss top 10 in sacks this year absolutely dominated the swag coming in from georgia tech but antoine appreciate you coming on the show man no nah, man i appreciate you for having me it's a blessing Absolutely, man. So let's go way back. I know it's been a while, but take me back to coming out of high school. Let's talk about your recruiting process, what that was like, and which teams were recruiting you the hardest. Uh, coming out of high school, the the teams that recruited me the hardest was pretty much um Georgia Tech, of course, uh, UCF, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Indiana was like my like top three. Uh, for the most part um so but in all i had like maybe like 34 offers so you know it, it was a, a strenuous process i visited a lot of schools i did a lot of research on a lot of things but ultimately i feel like georgia tech was the best place for me academically and athletically man you know and you and we can kind of go into both so outside of just academics and the fit what was it about the coaching staff and the program of Georgia Tech that drew you to them? And then also, what also played into your decision to transfer from Georgia Tech? Uh, it was a lot of decisions, you know what I'm saying, that made me go to Georgia Tech for one. Like I said, it was really the academic side of things. Being a top five public institution um, in the world is, you know what I mean, that's second to none. And also, it was just the relationship that I had with the head coach at the time, Coach Paul Johnson. Uh, my D line coach, you know, they were some good, some some good men, and uh, I definitely, you know, wanted to be a follower and what they had going on. So um, when they left my sophomore year, it was more of a transitioning period for me because you know, freshman year I played DN, tenth grade, not freshman, but uh, sophomore year I played uh, defensive tackle, and then you know, going into my eleventh grade, I mean eleventh grade, my junior year, uh, I was more trying to center around, you know, establishing myself as one or the other. You know what I mean? So that first year that they came in, we actually ran a 3-4 defense. So it was more like I ran a defense before, but that wasn't, you know, the defense that I was looking for at that time only because I was trying to establish myself as an inside guard, outside guy. So um, I was having success actually in that defense the formation that we had that year. I ended up uh, tearing my ACL um, the eighth game of the season against Pittsburgh. So when I did that, um, I pretty much had a, a – a, uh, epiphany of some sort, you know what I mean? The guys was just rallied around me, and I just feel like that a lot of times um, with what was going on there, it, it was more obvious getting the short end of the stick in terms of, you know, playing time. Because, like I said, I was a, I had been playing since my freshman year there, you know what I mean? And I was a team – I was voted team captain that same year, my junior year, that I tore my ACL. So I was already looked at as one of those guys, you know, that was in a leadership role. And for me, you know, to just take such a far back seat will be forced into such a, a backseat role. It was just something that, you know, I, I really couldn't do. Not at that time, you know what I mean? But like I said, I feel like the situation ultimately made me who I am today, um, made me definitely choose Jackson State, and it's a blessing that I did. So, man, the transfer portal has become a huge deal in college football. So looking back at your high school recruiting process, compare it to your transfer portal recruiting process. You know, what was that like once you entered your name in the portal from Georgia Tech? Um, it was, it was, it was kind of insane, you know what I mean? Only because I really, you know, talking to a lot of the older guys that was in my situation, you know, when they transferred, they had to go talk to the head coach. And then it was more like you had specific schools that you had to send, you know what I mean? I guess a transcript or something like that too. 
but it was more of um shoot I, I i went talked to the head coach you know everything was good when that on that end so when i entered my name in the portal it was maybe like 15 schools that had dm me like the same day was like yo turn your phone with you uh ucf like before uh the coach Malzahn and his whole staff got there like they had offered me like the same day so i was this close to going to ucf before i went to, like i'm literally this close so um yeah it was just a it was just a crazy experience but you know we really couldn't you know take visits and all that because of covid restrictions so that was kind of you know a downside to it but other than that you know it was it was just an amazing process, you know what I mean. I had a you know I, I definitely seen what cali- what what type of caliber player I am only by the schools that was hitting me up. So I knew that you know I was getting the dealt the bad hand where I was only because I had so much support behind me. And every time I told someone a story, you know the actual story of what legitimately happened is like you know like dang like you was a third year starter, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah so. It was, it was one of those things where, you know, I, I I definitely took advantage of the new, you know what I mean, the recruiting and the new stuff in my, like, the transfer portal because I was hitting up, you know, every coach that didn't hit me up that day, I was hitting them up. Hey, you know what I'm saying? You know I'm in the portal. Like, yeah, just it, it was just a crazy experience for me, and I really, I, I really appreciate that the NCAA has made it that way. Oh, man, I'm not surprised, Coach Malzahn. As an Auburn graduate, I was there when Malzahn was there. Not surprised at all to hear that. I know him and Travis Travis Williams are always on the recruiting trail for that team. But, man, everyone wants to know, Jackson State has so much momentum going into last recruiting cycle, and we saw what they did this year, of course, landing Travis Hunter, the right. number one recruit in the country. When you got that communication from head coach Deion Sanders in Jackson State, what made that the place to finish your career? uh it's actually a funny story because um like when they offered me you know what i mean it was one of them things to where you know like i said i had so many schools hit me up to where it was like you know jackson state was coming on the back burner you know i really got i i believed in you know what i mean what he was saying on you know social media and everything that was going around but i wasn't really in a fold yet you know what i mean so I was really just on the outside looking in. Um, I was still talking to a couple other schools. And, you know, I, the biggest thing to me is that I didn't want to commit before I graduated from Georgia Tech. Like, I wanted to get my degree first, you know what I mean, and then actually sit down and have a chance to think about it. So it kind of actually narrowed it down for me in that sense because a lot of schools, like, they they wanted me to commit, you know what I mean, right on the spot. Like, I had, like, multiple, like, Big Ten schools, like, three SEC schools that wanted me to, like, commit. Like, if you're not committing, like, next week, then we probably going to have to give it to another guy. And I'm like, you know, that's cool. You know what I mean? Because you know, I just didn't want to rush my decision. So um, when – I think it was maybe, like, around uh, February because I, I said I was trans- I said I was transferring maybe in December. So, you know, I, I was taking my time with the whole process. And, you know, I was had a couple destinations in mind and, uh coach prime like somebody actually texted me from number like hey you know uh coach Deion Sanders gonna throw from this number you know answer so it was literally like really funny because when he called me I was actually playing a game you know what I mean so um when he called me and uh I seen who it was because at first it was a, a Dallas number you know I don't know nobody from Dallas you know what I'm saying I'm like you was probably a bill collector like I ain't really even <laughs> I, I maybe picked up like after a run like seven times so when I answered it and I said, um, <laughs> he said, yo, man, this coach prom taking so long to answer the phone. Like, I was on the headset and like all my friends on the headset, they're like, yo, that Dion Sanders, bro. Like, bro, you finna go to Jackson State. You finna go to Jackson State. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. So 
we kept talking. We had a good conversation. You know, he was just telling me about all the pros, you know what I'm saying, of coming out there, uh, the type of player I am, where he see me going at in the future as far as, like, league-wise. And, you know, it was just a lot of things. It was just a lot of honesty there, you know what I mean, and a lot of, like, genuineness, uh, you know, when he first when he called me. So, you know, I took that into account. And, of course, I'm from Tallahassee, a place where he played legendary football at, you know, at Florida State. He's a Florida boy himself. So whenever when I went home, you know, just a lot of my my close my close relatives and my family, they was just like, you know, you have to at least give it some thought. You know what I mean? Like don't just say it was HBCU, you know what I mean? And yeah, it's like give it some thought. So that's what I did. Um I had actually I had to go to Mississippi. I had to go to Ida Bena, which is where my grandmother's from. I had to go up there to uh I think it was a a, a birthday party or something like that, but we, we passed through Jackson. So um, I was passing through, like, I was maybe, like, two hours away. I told him, like, hey, look, you know, I'm passing through Jackson, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to see, like, what the facilities and everything, like, you know what I mean? And, like, he was just like, yeah, man, like, shoot, come on. If, if you're passing through, come on up. We'll show you, you know what I mean, how everything was looking. So when I seen everything, it was like, yo, like, it's a big step down, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this is not you know, this is not what I'm really used to. But it was more like when I got there, he was just more like, yo, like, that's the problem that we having right now, like, you know, it's money's being made off the back of guys like you and guys that look like you. And, you know, these are the institutions where it first originated at. Like going on to Kim's and seeing that big Walter Payton statue every day, you know what I mean? It, it, it lets you know that, you know, the greats do come here. You know what I mean? Robert Brazil, Walter Payton, like those are guys who are legendary. You know what I'm saying? So after he was, you know, talking to me a little bit more, and I'm like, yo, like, I could come here and do this. I could come here and do this. You know what I'm saying? And Shoot, we had got um, we had got like a few more people on board, and then James had hit me up, and James was like, "Yo, bro, like we're gonna be beasts, you know what I'm saying? Like we gotta do it, we gotta do it." So that was just, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that was how that was how that worked out. <laughs> Man, it paid off in a big way, I'd say. I mean, you and James both had just ridiculous years in terms yeah. of, you know, in terms of sacks and awards and everything like that. But, man, the main thing is you got to ring your final, your final year. What did that mean to you to win the 2021 SWAC championship? Uh, it meant so much to me, you know what I mean? Only because it was like my first championship ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never won a state championship. I uh, didn't win a conference championship at Georgia Tech, you know, didn't win a bowl game at Georgia Tech, you know what I'm saying? So just to be uh, in a room full of guys who all work towards a common goal and we achieve that goal and just to see all of our hard work actually pay off in the end, it was one of them things that I hold with me forever, you know what I mean? Like the relationships I have on, I have with the guys on the team is unbreakable. Like when I went to Pro Day, um, like, them guys took me out to breakfast before Pro Day, left Pro Day. We all went out to dinner. Um, I was – I actually stayed the night at one of my teammates' house. Like, it was just all love, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what type of team we had, what we have, you know what I mean? And I honestly feel like that's why we won the 20, 2021 Swag Championship because we were such a, a close-knit group. Um, I feel like defensive line was the closest out of any position group, you know what I mean, only because of the of the places that we came from. We had me, you know, James. You had Katron Evans, who was a four-star recruit from, you know what I mean, committed Tennessee. A lot of multiple guys. You had Niles Gaddy. You know what I'm saying? You had people who actually knew what it meant, you know what I mean, to put in work and to actually try to work towards something, you know what I mean, actually see that vision. A lot of people don't see that vision. They see, you know, team we have now, you know what I mean, we – 
it, they, a lot of people just don't see that vision, you know what I mean, long-term. And I'm happy that the guys that I played with, you know, to the right and to the left of me, we all seen that vision. We all knew what we had to do. Each day we came out to practice, the mindset we had to have, the mindset we had to make sure our teammates had. And I feel like, you know, it was just so special to me. Like, that whole this whole season was just so special to me. Man, I mean, I, th- I think you guys had – the most power five transfers on a D-line that I've seen. I mean, even from Coynes Miller coming in from Auburn. Right. You mentioned Katron. You mentioned James yourself. Now Gaddy coming from Tennessee. I mean, the, the the defense was loaded. And then at the linebacker spot, you had Aubrey coming from Missouri. Right. The list goes on and on with Nugget from, you know, committed to Georgia. But, yeah. you know, you kind of already broke down my next question because I was going to ask how special, like what made that defense so special? But you kind of highlighted on that. But going back, man, what yeah. what was it that made you guys just click as a unit so early? Because, I mean, even from week one, you held FAMU, who was a playoff team, to six points. So what right. made you guys click so quickly? Uh, You know, honestly, to be real with you, it's a lot of factors that come into that. But I would say, like, the most, like, the most concurrent factors was every day coming out there seeing Coach Prime out there. You know what I mean? Because we defense. Like, he's a defensive legend. You know what I'm saying? So you can't come out there, like, half-stepping with anything. Like, effort, awareness, like, attitude. You can't come out there half-stepping with none of that. You know what I'm saying? Especially on the defensive side of the ball, because we had so many athletes and so many great guys that, you know, like you said, came from D1. Like, we had the mindset of, like, all right, we know why we're here, and we come here, you know what I'm saying, to achieve a goal. And I feel like even from the front end all the way to the back end with, you know, Shiloh, uh, like you say, Nugget, um, a lot of a lot of a guy that's looked over a lot. Um, Al, you know what I mean? Al, Al was a guy. Like a lot of people don't know this, but corner like Al, Al, Al was a guy. Now Al was a guy. Arby was a guy. Like we had guys. You know what I'm saying? That guys is like, yo, like you not finna, you not finna show, like you not finna show me up. Basically, like I'm finna beat you. Like one on one, I'm finna beat you every play. And that's just that's just that's really what it come down to. Like you gotta have that dog mentality. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, that's what we had. Like, we just knew that we was better than you. Like, you're not finna beat us. You know what I mean? Like, period. Like, and even coming into that first game, like you said, with FAMU, you know, it kind of meant a little bit more to me only because, you know, FAMU, hometown kid, you know what I mean? Grew up and born and raised in Tallahassee. Um, So I just already knew what type of, you know, attitude I had to come with that game. And, you know, the guys made sure, like, literally – on the plane down there, like, it's one, you know, you can't lose, fam. You, you know, you can't, you can't go at Tallahassee, no loser, you know what I'm saying? So just that extra motivation I heard from guys every day was out there. Like, it was just, you know, we, that was just what made us special. Like, we just had that mindset, like, you know, we're going to get it by any means. Man, you guys definitely did. And you mentioned how many guys from the Power Five y'all had on the team. And a, a lot of subscribers always ask me to ask players who transferred in from Power Five schools this question. So what were the biggest differences between Power Five football and FCS football to you? The biggest difference, bar none, is just the resources. Everything else is pretty much the same. The players are still good. I feel like you could take a – Offensive linemen from Grambling or Tennessee State, and they will definitely kick a defensive lineman's ass from Georgia, FSU, any of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no drop-off as far as talent. There's no drop-off as far as the coaching. You know what I mean? The only thing that the biggest difference is is the resources. Like, going into Georgia Tech, 
after practice every day, we had a, you know, a hot tub, a cold tub. If you in the cold tub, you could get in an actual cold tub. At Jackson State, we had, you know, the trash cans. You know what I mean? And I'm 6'4", 290. I can't really, you know what I'm saying? I can't really get no good treatment in the trash. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, just that, you know, we only had, like, two full-time uh, uh, AT- ATRs, which is uh, training training people. We only had, like, two full-time roles. Everybody else was a student, volunteering, you know what I mean? And it was just like just the resources. Like we just didn't have a lot of money that a lot of power five teams had. But as far as you know, the talent talent wise and anything else outside of that, like everything else was really the same to me. You know what I mean? Like everything was really the same outside of resources. That's that's pretty much it. Hey man, the, the narrative's changing. I think you're seeing that this all season from the NFL PA bowl with a bunch of with a bunch of FCS guys showing out to the senior bowl, combine, etc. But one one thing I got to watch you very up close with was the HBCU Legacy Bowl this year, man. And there was a lot of guys who put on a show, but looking at you, man, looking back, what was what was what were your takeaways from that entire week and that game? And did you achieve everything you wanted to going into New Orleans? Uh, definitely. You know, for the, for me, the most the most important thing for me was staying healthy. Um, I knew I had pro day a week and a half afterwards. You know what I mean? Two weeks afterwards, so I really wasn't trying to go out there and hurt myself. But at the same time, I took it as an opportunity to showcase my skills. You know what I mean? So I tried to showcase everything outside of you know just full-on contact because at the end of the day, I'm still a football player. Like, I I can hit, you know what I mean? That's not going to be the problem, but just showing how I move, you know what I mean, making sure my hands are accurate, my eyes are accurate, my feet are working, um, my hips are loose. Uh, I got great, you know what I mean, making sure I had great mental notes of everything that was going on as far as, you know, what my, what my defensive line coach was telling me, the objective of the defense as a whole. Um, you know, just different things of what scouts wanted to see from me. You know, that was my main thing going into that week. But like I say, like, outside of that, you know, takeaways from that was, you know, HBCU football has a great group of guys. You know what I mean? It has great, tremendous talent. And I feel like every guy that got invited to that bowl game, they tried to come out there and showcase their talents the best they could. And I, I and I actually feel like a lot of guys, you know, improved their stock from coming out there that who you might – you know what I mean? Made of skip bar and maybe not even notice. You know if they hadn't came to that game, so I feel like um, it was a it was a, a a second to you know a second to none experience. Um, I loved every minute of it. I love I loved every minute of it. Um, I appreciate you know uh, all the sponsors and everything like that for inviting me because like I say, it was a second to none experience. Yeah, and I mean, you know, again, this kind of goes back to even at Jackson State, the D-line group, man, because I'm a former O-line, so every time you guys did one-on-ones, I was there. Like, I was I was right there. I had to see it. What was about the D-line group that made you guys click so much and all have that intensity from Savion to Michael Badajo to you? I mean, it goes on and on. Even Jerry Gardner on, on the sidelines who ended up getting hurt early in the week. So yeah. what made y'all click so quickly, man, just as all showing up in New Orleans? And, of course, y'all played against each other. But that D-line group, man, I always saw you guys together. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was just a mutual respect thing. Like, we all had heard about each other before we got there, and we knew what each other brought to the table. You know what I mean? Like, Michael, like, playing against them in Jackson was crazy. He took off against us. You know, he had a great game. Uh, Savion, ultimately, he wasn't able to play that first game of the season, but just hearing about him, you and being a hometown until as a kid, I knew that he was the truth. Um, you know, even going back to Kane, um, 
I didn't. I, I actually hadn't even heard of Jeremiah before he even because we're training together. We're training together. So when he got to the training facility that I'm training here now in Atlanta, he was more like, "Hey, like I remember you number ninety nine. This and that. I'm like, "Yeah, man, that's me. You know what I mean? Like, what's we went to? He was like, "I went to Valley." And I'm like, "Valley, like." I ain't remember you seeing you out there on the call. He was like, yeah, man, my ankle hurt. So I go back and I, he was like, my ankle was hurt. So I go back and look at, you know, the, the state leaders and everything like that. Jeremiah King actually had a great season for Mississippi Valley. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't know that because of the, the team and all that. But Jeremiah King has a great season. Like, he's a great defensive lineman. You know what I mean? Like, bar none. So we just had that mutual respect thing. Like, everybody knew everybody was good. We kind of clicked instantly. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as the first night we was there, we just, you know, we didn't really need no introduction. We knew each other was, you know what I'm saying? We made a couple of jokes about each other's team. You know, me, I made the most because we was undefeated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? It was more like a just a, a real vibe thing between us. You know, it was just real cool. No negative vibes. Um, I don't have nothing bad to say about them guys. Like, them guys, they're some great, they're some great people. Like, real talk. Amen. I, I had a blast covering the event as well, man. You guys were giving the O-line all the help. Every time one of y'all won a rep, somebody in the background was like, was, was screaming, yeah, letting them yeah. know. <laughs> I, I loved it, man. I absolutely loved it. I, I, I know how it gets with the O-line, D-line, but I know a lot of Jackson State fans are interested, man. We all know the narrative that came from spring. No HBCU players were drafted last draft cycle. And there's, I, I'll just say this, there, there's a negative possibility of that happening now with some of the guys that are coming out in the NFL draft. But for you, what was some of the feedback that you personally got from scouts at the Legacy Bowl? Um, A lot of feedback was, was really good. Um, A lot of feedback was, you know, I'm a tweener, which that's something I already knew because I played every position on D-line. I played this year nose guard at 280. You know what I mean? So that was, I knew that was one thing I was going to get. I was a tweener, and that's why I feel like it was important to showcase my skills as far as me showing my quickness off the edge, showing my strength on the inside, you know what I mean, shedding blocks as violently as I can, you know, trying to turn that corner as fast as I can. So that was pretty much primarily what I really got from the scouts. Um, Everyone else, as you know, you know, they look at film. So every every team that approached me, every team that I interviewed with, they was, you know, my film was great. I'm a great guy all around. Never had no, you know, disciplinary issues or nothing like that. So to me, I feel like the only thing that I could really improve on was just, you know, solidifying my position at either one or the other. Or if not even doing that, making sure that you know that I'm versatile enough to do one or the other, regardless of what position you put me at. So that's really, you know, what I got from the scouts. And I feel like I, I try to make that point that weekend and throughout my whole season. Hey, man, I'm excited to see it. I know there's a lot of guys who got a lot of great feedback. And shout out to all 32 teams for showing up to the Legacy Bowl at one point or another. And the turnout during the game was great as well. But, man, I love player comparisons. And there's nobody who does them better than the player themselves. So, for you, who do you feel like you model your game after the most? Um, I have a few, actually, because it's more like a – I have a mentality, and then I have a pass game, and I have a run game. So mentality-wise, like, I'm not going to lie. I was a big Robert Nkadichi fan growing up, like the biggest. You know what I mean? I know he's kind of I know he's kind of old and like out of the league right now, but just the ferocity that he played with, like, Saturday, like, dude, it was was unmatched to me. Um, As far as run game, I feel like I play a little bit like an Ed Oliver. Um, I'm stout, you know what I mean? I can actually play any position on D-line, like just like Ed Oliver, you know what I mean? And if you're asking me with pass rush, I would say 
uh, probably John Franklin Myers for the Jets. Um, he does a great job. He's also a versatile guy, too, who plays the three, four, five, you know what I mean? So that's really, like, if I see a player that I try to model my game after the most, I try to, you know, at least incorporate some things from myself into them, whether it's height, weight, tenacity, mindset, you know what I mean? And those three guys, you know, I feel like embody, well, I embody the most, you know, and a, cl a close fourth, a close fourth as far as mentality would be John Randall. You know what I mean? But that's that, that's like an OG GOAT to me. John Randall's like the GOAT. So. <laughs> I, I, John Randall doesn't get a lot of respect. Um, I, I would say in terms, like, every, of course, everyone, the Aaron Donalds and Lawrence Taylor, th those two kind of dominate the debate. But, man, John Randall, a monster in his own right. But, Man, I know for an O-lineman, man, I'm not supposed to be superstitious. I was. I had to have my pregame routine perfect right. or I was off. But for you, what's your pregame routine on game days? Uh, Pregame routine on game days, it depends. If it's an early game, we have like a 12 or a 1 o'clock game. I usually get up. I'll eat me a light breakfast as far as, you know, um, like probably just some fruit. Actually, some fruit and some bread. Um, I'll stretch. I go back to my room. I lay out my clothes. I pray. And then after I pray, I get dressed, come downstairs. Um, typically, we'll arrive to the stadium maybe like a two hours early, two and a half hours early. So as soon as we get to the stadium, I take my time getting dressed. I go to the bathroom, take a number two. Then I come out. I go out to the field, scratch again. I get on a bike. Then after that, I try to get some uh, some of my hand movements on the uh, end zone, on like the goal post. Then after that, I probably like just jog around the 50. And then back into our locker room. That was like typically, you know what I mean, my my, my game days for early days. But if we had like a, a late game, like how we did in Miami when we played at three, and then Memphis when we played at like six. I usually I probably don't wake up to like nine. I try to get a little bit more sleep in. Then when I first before I even go eat, I'll stretch. Um, I thought stretch. I go downstairs, I eat, come back upstairs, probably stretch, or I lay down for a little bit more. Then after that. I'll pray, then that cycle starts. I'll pray, get dressed, go to bus, yeah, all that. Oh, man, I like it. And, you know, defensive players, every time I have an offensive guy, y'all get thrown under the bus. D right. linemen and DBs, they, they, they say you guys start all the trash talk. You're the only trash talkers. It's always you guys. So, for you, how big, how big of a trash talker are you during the game? Me, myself, I think of myself as more like a sick sarcastic trash talker you know what i mean i'm not one of them guys that's like a m you know mf and all that like that i'll probably say something like we winning real bad like we like winning by a lot i'll probably ask him like hey bro i'm flipping some waffle house i'm like what you think <laughs> I, I like i'll do something like something like real slight that'll like piss him off like just enough you know what i'm saying like but i don't never like disrespect nobody i mean like that you know what i mean because at the end of the day everybody's still human but i, I definitely you know what i mean try to I, I definitely try to get in, get in a lot of people's head. Um, I feel like a lot of times before games, like literally I'll say like the night before a game, and it's really funny that I'm really sharing this right now. Like we were really <laughs> going on Instagram and we'll see like who's somebody dating. Like, you know, like that type of uh, like, I forgot who said this, Jalen Ramsey. Like, mm -hmm. part, yeah, we guys do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like we'll go <laughs> in there, we'll see like who, you know what I mean, who dating, who who the star players is. Okay, what girls they got? Like what girls they talking to? All right, bet. They at the game? Okay, cool. Now I'm going to embarrass you. <laughs> I got to you know what I mean? Oh, man. Yeah, it was one of them type things for, for sure. Man, I love that. So I got to ask, because fans love to hear it. Who is the single biggest trash talker on Jackson State's defense? 
Oh, the single biggest trash target on Jackson State defense. Man, um, dog, it's a lot of people that talk trash on our defense. <laughs> if I was to say the biggest, though, the biggest, it would have to be, it would either have to be Aubrey, Aubrey, or our junior, Coinus. It would have to be oh, one yeah. of those two. Like, one of those, like, I'm talking about, <laughs> they be going at it. They be going <laughs> at it in the game. Oh, man, I remember watching because because Coinus came in my freshman year when I was a freshman at Auburn. And, man, he, he, when every time he got in, you could tell. I was like, Coinus is letting them know. You could tell for the stands <laughs> Coinus was talking. No, fast, fast, fast. That's my god, <laughs> man. I love that guy like my mama had him. That's like my brother. That dude right there is single-handedly one of the most funniest people I've ever met. Like, I, I guarantee, <laughs> guarantee you. Oh, but I love to hear it. But, man. What is the number one mistake an offensive lineman can make against you? Uh, the number one mistake I feel like an offensive lineman can make against me is trying to be too aggressive. Like, I see that a lot, especially, like, when if I'm down inside because they see that I'm, I'm sort of kind of undersized, not really, but they try to come off super aggressive, but then I know, like, I'm still elusive. You know what I mean? Like, my hands are still stout. And I feel like that's the biggest part of a defensive lineman, period, is your hands and your vision and your feet. I feel like if you have those three things right, it doesn't matter what an offensive lineman can do, they're not going to win against you. You know what I mean? So, for me, I feel like if I'm getting that feeling from a guy to where, all right, he's trying to he's trying to get aggressive on me. Like, okay, if I see like they're getting close splits, it's a double team, and like the guy that's been, you know, mainly base blocking me the whole game, if I know that he's an aggressive guy, all right, I'm gonna try to split the other team on the other guy. Because I know that even if you come off trying to be too aggressive, you're gonna either come off and missing, or you're gonna either come off and you're gonna run it to him. You know what I mean? And I'm just gonna split the double team regardless. So me myself, I feel like that's the number one mistake an offensive line can make me as means is trying to be too aggressive. You know what I mean? Not trying to play their game, but only trying to play into my hands, you know what I mean? So that's that that's one number one mistake. Hey, I like that you sh- shout out the feet, hands, and everything. Because as a former O lineman, if the D lineman let me win the hand battle, it was over. No right, matter, no exactly. matter what you did, no exactly. matter what you did, you could you could spin, you could swim. If I got my hands on you, it, it was a wrap. But to give a little bit of credit to some people you played, and we'll do a Jackson State version because I know you guys played some crazy teams at Georgia right. Tech. But who was the best offensive player you faced this season? The best offensive player I faced this season, um, man, does practice count? <laughs> I'll let you pick one Jackson State player, one player you played on another team. All right, one Jackson State player I feel like who went crazy, like best offensive player. A lot of people might say Shadora, but a lot of people don't really see like uh, – Pickett, a running back, number two, like literally our whole running back room, like them guys are different. Like from JD Martin to uh, Pickett, all the way, you know what I mean, down to the freshman that we got coming in, his name Dez. Like those guys are like, true. Like, you know what I mean? Like the cuts that they make, because those guys are D1 too. Like Pickett came from Liberty, you know, JD was really about to go to LSU, I guess, you know what I mean? And those guys came in, but the way those guys work every day, every day, and the way they keep their feet turning, it's hard to bring him down, you know what I mean? And Pickett himself is a big body. Like, Pickett, like, 220, real short, real stout, a guy that's going to bring it every day. And um, outside of them guys, I would really say, shoot, hmm, man, 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 man. 
we kind of dominated everybody this year. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's really kind of hard. Like, a best person. Uh, I was like, I was like, it might have to be somebody from like South Carolina State because a lot of other teams really didn't put up a lot of. But, but see, that's what I'm even against South Carolina State. Like, it was max protecting. Like, it wasn't one on one blocking. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like that whole game was max protect two receivers out. So it's really hard to say it was the best. But if you was to ask me, definitely, um, true. I think the, the the person that comes the closest would maybe the tire from uh Southern. Um mm-hmm. he's a dog. He's a he's definitely a dog. Do I feel like tackle maybe the right position for him? No, maybe inside on the guard, maybe a little bit better for him. But um definitely in that game that we played them, he was definitely trying to come off hard. Um he had great feet. You know, he has a big, big upper body, you know what I mean? And um he was one of the guys that was very technical, like very technique sound, you know what I mean? Very like hands. He always tried to win the hands battle. Always tried to win the hands battle off rip. Um, a guy that you really couldn't tell if it was runner pass. You know his stance was pretty legit. So um, I would say like best like technical. He was very very technical. He was like one of maybe the most technical sound people I don't played this season. Oh man, adult! Like I got to cover him at the Senior Bowl this year. And by the way, I like you said that they did move him to guard at the Senior Bowl. So, hey, great, great okay. guard. Yeah, he's playing a lot of guard. He, I think he played guard the entire week at the Senior Bowl. So I, I think you saw that perfectly on that. But man, everyone knows about the documentary that was filmed, of course, and you got to be one of the feature players in it. What mm-hmm. was that like, man? Walk me through getting to campus, preparing for a season, and having cameras for Barstool everywhere, man. What was that like for you? At first, it was kind of like a little di- disconcerting, you know what I'm saying? Only because, you know, you got so much going around. You know, it's locker room talk all the time. You got cameras around. So you never, you're always pretty much on edge. But at the same time, it's also putting you in the best place to be a professional. You know what I mean? That That's how I took it. I didn't take it as a negative. I kind of took it as a positive. Like, all right, this means I need to be professional. You know what I mean? I need to make sure, like, uh, watch what I say. Even if, you know, I might have not meant it like that. I'm not trying to offend anyone. Um, making sure, you know, I'm always on time to stuff, you know what I mean? Because coach call you out, definitely on the documentary. <laughs> make the song, like, it was like a lot of, like, taking accountability, you know what I mean? I had to take a lot of accountability for stuff. So I feel like, really, it was more one of them things where I seen it as a blessing, you know what I mean? Because those guys held me accountable. I made sure I was on time to everything, which I was already an on-time person, but I made sure to make myself look good to the camera people because I was always on the first walking in, so they'll always record me. <laughs> You know what I mean? So that um, really, like, those guys are great people as well. Like, the whole production staff, you know, they were never negative. You know what I mean? When I told them about I was writing my book, those guys reached out, put me in touch with a lot of people. Um, so it wasn't like a thing where, like, we was always on edge. We had to watch. And, like, nah, those guys were those guys were very, like, family-oriented. Um, they always made us feel comfortable. Never made us say nothing that we really didn't mean. You know what I mean? Like, we always said what we felt. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely appreciated and respected that about them, too. So during that whole process, like I said, it was really nothing, never, never really negative. Like, those guys was always positive, always, you know, uplifting. And, you know, even if it was one of the things that were when we played South Carolina State to where – you know, if we were in the moment, we were crying, you we were mad, you know what I mean? If you're talking like, hey, you know, I want to record this, and they'll respect that, you know what I mean? And they'll walk away, and, you know, so it was one of the things where, like, I got a lot of respect for those production staff, and I really had, like, some close relationship with those guys, so some great people. Hey, man, and they did one hell of a job, too. I Definitely. mean, the, the, the quality and, and from the storylines, and like you said, even even Coach Prom, he's not hesitating to call people out on camera either. All right, he, right, exactly. From James to, to it didn't matter who it was. It, they were getting right. called out to Shador, Shiloh, it didn't matter. But, right. man, 
last question here, and I love asking you know people headed to the draft this question. If an NFL franchise asks you what they're going to get in Antoine Owens, what do you tell them? You're going to get a professional. Um, that's the biggest answer I can give because professional is not only in one aspect of life, it's in everything. You know what I mean? To me, to my understanding, uh, I'm a professional in the classroom, professional in life, I'm professional in the field. You know what I mean? I know what I got to do and I take accountability for what I got to do. You know what I mean? Like if my legs are hurting, I have to get in the cold tub. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm tired today. Let me go home. If I got work to do, if I know I got to go get a workout in, if I know like, you know, my arm is hurting me, you know, I'll go get extra treatment. I'm going to go work out. It's never one of the things we have to worry about me you know what i mean not doing what i'm supposed to do because ultimately i feel like if you're doing what you're supposed to do something's good is going to happen like, i could be the last guy on the roster you know what i mean if i'm doing what i got to do and i'm supposed to do every single day i know that it's going to be a brighter day and ultimately i'm going to be you know one of the top people on the on, on the roster so that's really what an nfl team i fly would get out of me is just professionalism um professionalism with, with everything professionalism with understanding you know what hey i might not be the guy you know that might get in the first rotation or the second but i am a guy who's gonna work his ass off to make sure i do get in the top two you know what i'm saying so that's really that's that's really how I feel about, you know, myself and what an NFL franchise get out of me. Man, uh, I love that. It's like you said, just pure professional. And, man, listen, this time is yours, man. I just appreciate you giving me some time while you're training for the draft, while I know you're one of, one of the busiest guys out there. But I know you got a lot of stuff to plug, man. Listen, I got me a hoodie on the way, the fire <laughs> merch, by the way. So appreciate definitely you. plug that. I know you got a book coming, all this kind of stuff, man. So, Antoine, plug your social media, all the things you got coming down the pipeline, man, and let, let the people know where they can find it all. Uh, everyone can follow me at the, my name, Antoine Owens, T-H-E-A-N-T-W-A-N-O-W-E-N-S. Um, everything as far as news, anything else I have to say will probably be shown there first. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm not a big social media guy, but I'm always active. I'm always online. I'm always, in a, you know, trying to respond to people, trying to get the best, you know, response possible. But, um, I actually have a lot of, you know, my NFT came out. Um, I have an NFT out, by the way. Uh, I got some B1 patches. If, if don't nobody know what that is, those are vitamin enhanced patches. They help you with energy, stamina, focus, all those things. Um, I have my own B1 patch line. Um, just really a lot of things in the work. I'm going to be releasing some new merch soon. Um, just a lot of things in the works for me right now. You know, I've been trying to focus on pro day and the draft and everything like that. But now that I've kind of got some downtime, you know, after that, up until the draft, you know, I'm pretty much all business, businessman, Antoine Owens, uh, renaissance man, as they say on the uh, documentary. So that's all me, you know, um, I'm always willing to listen to somebody as far as like business related stuff, football, if anyone wants to just reach out to me, you know, just say they're a fan and I'll respond. I'll, I'm not one of those guys. It's Hollywood. You know, I'm a regular guy, just like just like you, regular person. You know what I mean? So I, I appreciate everyone, you know what I mean, for just keeping up on me, keeping tabs on me and allowing me to be on this show. And I appreciate you for just inviting me here and allowing me to, you know, speak my voice. Oh, man, for sure. Yeah, I definitely want to get with you at the Legacy Bowl, man. But the few of those days when they had y'all running out there, I was like, I mean, get, I got a list of people I wanted after practice. And then those two rain days, they were like, everybody get on the bus. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess yeah. never mind on that then. But guys, listen. I'm telling you, this guy's got one of the most fire logos in college football. So definitely <laughs> go cop you a hoodie. The link is on his Twitter. And, of course, all the social media handles for Antoine are going to be on the thumbnail and link below, guys. So make sure to go follow Antoine on all social media and follow his journey to the NFL draft. And like I said, cop some merch for sure, guys. But sure. for, An 
for Antoine, <laughs> myself, and the Blue Bloods guys, we are out for right now.